Welcome to another episode, episode six of Talking Grassroots. I'm your host, Ricky Etridge, and with me is Ricky Logan. Now, I'm just going to give a bit of, if we miss anything from the next couple of weeks, like it's happened since the 10th of Feb, um, we apologise. We are recording this one two weeks out due to the fact that if we'll be recording this one the week of, uh, there's a very, very good chance that after the weekend we'd be having, I would be, he was sunnies on and not talking too much uh, with the um, celebration of a mate getting married. So we thought we'd just bang two out <laughs> in a day to get it done pretty quickly. So Ricky Logan, uh, I'd actually had your week, but it's been no different to last week. <laughs> uh, from um, this little behind, uh, breaking the fourth wall here. So we have recorded most of these a couple of weeks out. So I think episode two was probably the only one that was actually recorded the week of. Um, from next week, we'll actually be moving into sort of the Monday, getting released on the Thursday and recording the Monday beforehand. So we won't be talking about stuff that's happened six months ago. We'll talk about stuff happening that week. So we'll get stuck into it. Uh, big news out of um, not Victorian footy, but South Australian footy. Um, a bit of a 223 charges of breaking the salary cap for a Gaza footy club. Uh, they've been found guilty of it. Um, I want to read us through a bit of the article, mate, and sort of we'll, we'll touch on this because this, uh, I know it's not Victorian footy, but the article does go on to say that it could have a bit of a bit of repercussions in Victoria. Yeah, well, South Australian local footy team is staring at a $380,000 fine. A major salary cap bust in a wake-up call for Victorian clubs. Um, Adelaide Club Gaza was found guilty on more than 200 charges of cap breaches, including individual player payments, total player match payments and sign-on fees. Following a two-day hearing this week, it was also found that false contracts had existed in 2018, 2019, 2021 and 2022. The club was charged last year but pleaded guilty to not guilty to all charges, following evidence from six players, including some who had been paid $600 more than the weekly allowable limit. Justice Michael David Casey found all 223 charges proven. That's a fair few charges. Uh, that's under that's, the that's quite rules, a few. There's a weekly individual payment limit of $400 and a total player payment limit of $2,500. Uh, this is where it starts to affect Victorian clubs. And Victoria clubs need to stay under a yearly limit by AFL Victoria with the Ovens and Murray and Golden Valley Leagues having the highest amounts with their clubs able to spend 130000 on players. So we've spoke about the salary caps in the past. Um, it sort of does put pressure on the AFL Vic to sort of tighten their po- policing of their salary caps with audits. Um, so, yeah, you know, when a... A club gets that many charges laid against them and the fines they're facing, it does sort of bring a, a shine a light on all this sort of stuff. And when there's already scrutiny around salary caps, um, it's only going to make things harder and, and it's going to make the leagues and um, the you know the AFL look into it a, a lot tighter and a lot more. So, it's um, yeah, it could be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. Yeah, because I think as we spoke about, and as it goes into the article, they only um, look into the premier or the, the both the grand final teams of that season for each league, and 
when we spoke about this the other week, we we discussed it. It's it's almost impossible to do every single club. We get that, and that's you can't expect it. But yeah, I feel like maybe the clubs that might be spending a little bit over and breaching caps and you know brown paper bags might now just be sort of looking at it going, oh, we might need to be a bit careful here. Yeah, and I think the sample rules are pretty straightforward. Like if you've mm. got a limit of $400 per player and a total player payments of $2,500, like it makes it quite easy to stick to those limits and, and you know, it, to budget things where when you've got a salary cap that's, you know, 100000 let's say, you could sort of, you know, work things around where certain players might get paid more to sign on and then get a little less each week and things like that. Um, I think that's a pretty easy way to to have a salary cap in place like that, to have those rules, but it's probably then easier to get around it because, you know, it's not that hard to put a couple hundred bucks in a bloke's pocket after he's walked off the field and and that money's never been accounted for elsewhere. So um, it's a pr- pretty big... It's hefty. Big, it's very hefty. Pretty hefty thing. But to be found guilty of all the charges, 223 charges um, is massive. And, and I don't know what each individual charge looks like, but I'm sure majority of them are, you know, blokes getting paid too much each week. So. Yeah, um, it's, it's, up, it's disappointing for... It's disappointing for the club in the aspects of the... People that hadn't done anything wrong, you know, your your, your life members, your sponsors, the, the people that had absolutely zero idea this was happening, for them to now their club be hit with this, um, and look, I it's hard to I don't, don't want to say this, but something like this can kill a club. Yeah, oh, definitely, and I think and it's the last thing you want to see. Yeah, you don't want to see clubs folding under this sort of thing. You don't want to see. Um, you know, clubs forced to close the doors because the fine is just so hefty, and and you know the the loss of points and things like that that will go along with that. But I think the only good thing is it hasn't. They didn't win flags during that time, so it hasn't sort of. You, you know, you're not looking at a situation where a club's lost a flag to this club that's clearly cheated the system. So, um. I guess that's the one, <laughs> the one uh, positive note out of it is that uh, you know the clubs that won the flags can say they they won it fair and square and, but, and yeah. On that, what it does show you, it shows you that you can spend as much money as you want. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed a flag. Because yeah. realistically, if you're spending overs, if you're breaching the cap and you've got that many, you know, you're dropping a fine of three hundred eighty thousand and you're two hundred twenty three charges, and in that four year period, you've only made one grand fall and don't win it. Well. You know, yeah, and that's it. You know, we've seen we see clubs do it every year where they're putting you know a lot of money into the paying players and getting you know big name recruits and all this stuff, and and then it doesn't transfer to wins. Um, it's it's always going to be tough, and when you're you're then extending that and cheating the system to to do it, and who knows, there could be more clubs within that league that get investigated and and. Other things come forward, you just never know. But um, you know, we just we just want to see an even playing field across all the all the clubs within the league, and 
you know, you don't want to see clubs cheating a system like that. No. So, hopefully, um, I'm really hoping we don't hear any more stories like this coming out. Uh, I unfortunately do feel like we will have a few more as time goes on, as a couple of clubs might get caught out. But As the the investigation with the uh, 118 clubs at the moment that are getting yeah. audited, uh, yeah, hopefully... Every single club comes out of that crystal clear and it's it's all clean, but I doubt it. <laughs> I won't guess. It. So we'll shift on from that. And you mentioned Helen Hawks. Um, I sent you this during the week, and I said I wanted to discuss this, and you said I can imagine what it's going to be. And I actually think you thought I was going to tee off on this, which I'm not. I don't have an issue with this to an extent. So Helen Hawks announced uh, the other week. That locked in June 1st, that Dane Swan will be pulling on the black and yellow jersey for Hallam as they take on Clayton. A uh, huge day followed by Sportsman Night, hosted by Ricky Nixon featuring Swanee. More info to come. So, Dane Swan's going to have a bit of a run around with the Hawks in the Southern. What are your thoughts on A, Dane Swan playing for Hallam, and B, this local. You know, uh, XAFL players coming in, fly in, fly out type players for one game and sportsman's nights and all that type of stuff. Yeah, well, it's we, we had Feb do it for us. Uh, it was a great day. It was um, it helped us immensely at that time to get some eyes on our club. And I think if it's done for the for that sort of reasons, to you know, you may not afford to be able to afford to sign a player of his ilk to the club for a full season like other clubs have done, but if you can put it all into one match and make that a big day and and make a fair bit of money off it, I think it's good. I think it um, helps bring his eyes to your club. Do I like from, you know, from a the other side of it, seeing Dane Swan play for 12 different clubs throughout a year? Probably not. I, you know, like some of these names we mentioned in our last episode, I like to see guys sign on to a club and buy into it and be a part of that club and and take, you know, try and take that serious as, as they would playing for their AFL team or whatever and, and try and help build up a club. I prefer to see that, but I also I see the value in this the, as well. The one the one experience I've got of this as someone involved in a club, as you mentioned, we had Favola at Sandown in 2015. We had thirds played a pracky match type setup. Reserves played, seniors played. Before the third game, at nine eight thirty in the morning, we ran a little Oz, Oz kit clinic. Favola was there for that. When this happens, I can you know I, I understand all your points, and your points are very very valid about you, know, you can't afford the big name players. Um, you know, get eyes on your club, this, that, the other. My One of my issues with this, and it comes from the sportsman's night aspects, is you say they can't afford players, right? How much of their the actual player wage is being ticked off as player's wage compared to what they're actually being paid for the sportsman's night? I can guarantee you, and this is no, I'm going, this is no slight on Hallam, Swan, this, whatever. But I can guarantee you, on the books, it'll probably say, oh, he's making this much. But it's all coming from Sportsman's Night. But the main thing I want to see when this happens, I want to see 
Because I said with Evola coming down to the odds kick, I want to see, when AFL players do this one-off game type thing, I want to see them really, you know, get into the roots of the club. Go down to the Thursday night train beforehand. Rock up early. You know, get stuck into the club and be part of the club. Not just rock up at... 1.30, do a quick warm-up, and then piss off after the game. Okay, they've got the sportsman's night, which is good. But um, the question is, and again, this is not Dane Swan, this is just in general. If they were wasn't sportsman's night they were going to get a little bit of uh, cash for, would they be sticking around for more than one beer? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, and I just, I think it's good for local footy. I do sort of feel like potentially... Um, I feel like it's a fad. It was. I feel like it has dropped off a fair bit compared to what it used to be. I remember back, you know, probably, oh, probably when Fev first went to Yarrawonga, and then sort of the first couple of years. But I, I feel by the time the Volvo had got to us, that train had sort of ran its tracks. It was sort of on its way down from being a big showcase, this local footy player coming in. I just feel like I just. I just hope that these AFL players aren't just rocking up to clubs for a payday. That's all I hope. That's pretty much what I'm just trying to say, really. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. If if the guy buys in, you know, he's there for one week. Yeah. You know, and that means getting the training on a Thursday as well. Like, whether they're training or not, but they get down there to be be around the boys that they're going to play a match with. That's, that's probably important to the guys and helping, you know, Thursday night will be the biggest training night you'll ever have if Dane Swan's As long as they're training. there, yeah. Um, and then roll into the Saturday, it'll be the biggest match they have for the year. there will be the biggest crowd they have and then have a sportsman's night. Um, I'm not a huge fan of sportsman's nights when you're not getting that value yeah. beside it. So yeah, it's good. I don't think Ricky Nixon's going to be involved, to be honest. I, I'm... I'm kind of over this guy that's just all he does is sportsman's nights. Um, and doesn't sharing the same story. Then doesn't put the cash with uh, <laughs> his mate Sammy Newman. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Ricky Nixon's the one I have more of a problem with than I do Dane Swan. Because at least Dane Swan's gone out there putting on the boots and he's given you a couple of hours show when he plays the game and then he's given you a show after the fact and sharing his stories yep. and stuff like that where you got another bloke who's probably going to get paid just as much. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I look I, I can't speak on it but I'm going to imagine if Ricky Nixon is involved. I think Nixon's involved with most of the stuff when Swan does this. Must be a bit of a management yeah. thing happening there. But the other side of it, the flip side is like some of these players I'm pretty sure I feel like Dane Swan has this year. I could be wrong. But you have these players. So, like, for example, Swan went to the Pines back in the last season. I am not. I don't know if he's still there. But say he is still at the Pines. You've, you're spending – Pines are spending money. I'm just going to use these two as an example because it's here. Pines are spending money on a weekly, weekly um, pay cycle or whatever to pay Dane Swan to be – at their club, to be part of a premiership tilt, to win them a flag. And obviously, if you're the Pines, you know there's, you know this is going to happen. You know there could be risks coming with this type of thing. But, geez, I'd be pissed off if I spent, you know, paid this bloke all this money to come to my club, and then he's off playing at all these other clubs. And then he comes back to me with a season-ending injury that literally just cooks our chance of a flag. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, it's... 
part of the risk you take. Yeah. And I think it is one of those things that those clubs know. You know, when um, Russell Robinson was at Dubby. at Dubton, you know, they knew they were getting him for home games. Yeah, and that was it. Like, uh, but and the thing is, a lot of a lot of players that aren't even doing this one-off games will only sign on for their home. I think Michael Hibbert was only is only signed on to Port Melbourne for their home games. But even he's admitted like. He might only be signed up for the home games, but those itchy feet and getting out there and having boys and look. And that that was the thing with Russell when he was at Dubton. Yeah. It, it he did become heavily involved in the club and wanted to see them succeed and ended up sort of playing a couple extra games here and there and stuff. And I, I just want to be, I, I don't want deep down. I love this type of stuff. I love when local footies can bring in a player of caliber of Dane Swan. Yes, he's probably a hand quite a few years out now, but he still manages. We got last week where Aaron Edwards played for Diamond Valley uh, Supers. Dane Swan played in that same team. And he, he just he was going about his business, played how he played AFL, just trudging along, picking up 50-odd touches. I don't want to see clubs stop doing this. I think, as you said, if the value can be there to have a bloke come in to lift your club up, make some money for the club, like as long as a club has got what they need, so, you know, Fencing around, can take the gate, can do the bars, do this, do that, have jumping castles or face painting for kids and make it a really, really family, really massive day. Something like this can literally put the club in profit for that season just off one day. Yeah. And I think that's important. I just, and hopefully more clubs doing, and hopefully we see you know, some of these new blokes coming out. So that brings me to a question I had thought about um, the other day. At any point, that, so anyone in the last 10, 10, 15 years, right? So put yourself in a position where, say, for example, when did Dustin Fletcher retire? 2014? So so think of a player that in the last 10 years, 15 years, who the year before had just finished AFL and then was coming to your club to play, who would you want to play with slash watch play? That had, so had just retired. Yeah, well, that's... It's an easy, easy one for me, mate. Chris Judd. Yeah. 100%. Um, but never did it. Never. I don't think he's gone and played for any local See, club. one of I my ones. He'd be, he'd be the one. See, and I use Dustin Fletcher as an example because I remember years ago I was chatting about it with somebody and I mentioned that I don't think Fletcher's ever, Fletcher's ever done that. And I'm just like, imagine it like having those blokes that have come out the spin out since two or three years that have never done it before. Like the Favola one, it sort of ran its sort of ran its course a little bit, but imagine being that club that you know Chris Judd retires and three years later or whatever he's never ever played local footy. He's done his knee, his shoulders, whatever he done knees. He never played again. Then all of a sudden he goes, oh, you know what? I might go play for Hallam this week. Imagine how big that crowd would be at Hallam. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's and just that, that's that's the thing. You, you t- some of these guys are doing it because they yeah. they need the paycheck week in, week out and stuff. They probably weren't as fine. smart with their money as, as uh, Chris Judd Well, yeah, you, know, you can say not as smart with your money, but you got to think about it. They're getting part of a nice, port, nice little bit of money. They play local footy. Yeah. Like, that's good business. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of players that never, and I'm going to say it like this, never gave back to local footy. Yeah. Right? Um, not that... They have to. I'm not saying that all AFL players should have to give back to local footy, but when you've got guys like Gary Ablett Jr., 
go on to a couple go of and play after. a couple of games to clubs like this is a Brownlow medal. This is you know arguably one of the greatest players playing the game, and he's given back something to local footy because every single AFL player came from local footy. Yeah. They came from a junior club that had parents there week in, week out, doing everything for these clubs to help them get to where they've got to. And so to then see players come back and give back, and whether they're getting paid a couple of thousand bucks or whatever it is, it's still giving back exactly to, right. the, to the local footy. Um, and that's why on like on that point, that's why I can never, like, I hope like this Dane Swan and Helm Hawk thing's helped Helm because give, it is, it's it's given back to local footy. It's given back to the grassroots, the clubs that are, you know, you know, not many clubs turn over a profit in a season. No, that's it, isn't it? Um, there's not a lot of money to be made in in sports as it is, and everyone's sort of fighting for the same same bit of scratch and same, you know, we're we're all clawing and fighting for the same sponsors and trying to keep our heads above water. Um, yeah, so it is great when you see, you know, and Carlton Draft did the. The draft yeah, yeah. last year with the local, you know, the AFL players that then went and played for these clubs. And um, I, I think that's fantastic. I think that was uh, hopefully they keep doing that. And you see these clubs that, are, you know, they're not getting paid to go down there. They're giving back to these local clubs that are struggling. And, and um, yeah, yeah, everyone knows. Fortunately, some of those blokes were a little bit long on the tooth and, and didn't quite <laughs> make it through a full game. But, you know, when you've got... Um, um, old Silk running down at a country club, who, you know, a guy that was... Dalston, wasn't he? Um, you know, unbelievable player. And probably, you know, down in Dalston there where they got him to go play, there's probably blokes that have never even gone to the MCG to watch a game of footy. Just to see a bloke of his ilk down there playing would have been unbelievable. And the other thing, like, on the crowd getting down, like, if you can promote that heavily enough in your local area, you're going to get people that, like, we... You know, we we played at the footy club where you'd have people live a street across, not even know there's a body footy club there. So everywhere has it. So Helen might have people in like, a, know the footy club's there, but not really care about it because they're sort of in a different spot of that neighbourhood. Promote it locally. You're going to get more people down there and they might become, oh shit, a regular through the door. But on top of that, like you have a lot of people. So they're playing Clayton, did I say? Yep. So they're playing Clayton, right? So Clayton may have a lot of supporters that don't, don't travel. They just go to the home game. And that's what they do. The away games, they stuff with family, whatever. Then all of a sudden, saying shit, Dane Swan's playing. Fucking, let's get down there. And I tell you what, Dane Swan will feel right at home being the fact that Clayton wear the uh, the yeah. black and white stripes as the old Collingwood. I think he might be a bit uh, hit up the wrong targets a few times. Yeah, <laughs> but just uh, revert back to uh, what's natural. But um, yeah, and like, how many? Uh, there's a lot of people that. Local footy is their life. They yep. don't get to go to the MCG week in, week out to watch guys like Swan run around and play. So having them come down to their club that they, you know, spend their lives, with their blood, sweat and tears helping run and getting to see a guy like that play is, is yeah. fantastic. And the, the, thing I, the thing I would, you know, I would love about this, if, you know, if you were a, a Collingwood fan, right, Collingwood Grant fan growing up, you're about 24. Five twenty six ish, you know, and you're walking into the change rooms that you walk into every second weekend, every Tuesday, Thursday night, and there is Dane Swan, your fucking idol, standing in front of you that you are about to go run out and play with. That's just got to be a, a you know 
a once in a life experience. That that young kid who's probably you know, was ever ever going to get to play on the MCG, never going to get to play VFL footy, never go higher than Division Two Southern, gets to play with his hero. That's an ex AFL, a, a Brownlow medalist, elite AFL footballer. Yeah, and then on the other side, you got the blokes that are going to go. I got to go line up on bloody Dane Swan. I'll tell you what, though, you'd be a. If I was uh, if I was rocking up against anybody, you know, rocking up out there against you know Dane Swan or somebody like that, and I gave a good tackle, I'll tell you what, Monday at work, I'd be telling everybody about it. The one thing that you do see with these games, and I think it's a fucking disgrace, is the blokes on the opposition teams that go into business for themselves and decide that they're going to just uh, be a dickhead and ruin it for everybody. Yeah, I, I can't. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand that whatsoever. And when we had Fev. Play for us. We had a, a former teammate was playing for the opposition at the time, Carlton fan, and there is an absolute ripping photo of him contesting against Fev, and you should see the smile on his face because yeah. he's like, "I'm playing against my idol right now." So, yeah, I think it's yeah. Some guys they got to you know they 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 do it for that bit of clickbait they're going to get, and like, "Oh, I've done this and that." But all you're doing, if you're doing that, all you are doing is you're then making the next the next player that might be coming in to that. You, know, you might have a, say you've got two teams, right? An opposition player fucking does dirty stuff in the AFL player. Then another club is trying to get an AFL player in and they say, oh, we're playing that team. No, nah, I don't want a part of it. Or that team is reaching out to an AFL player and they say, oh, no, nah, hold on, your team, we're bloody doing this. Nah, you just... Don't you? You ruin it for everybody else. You're making a player that's giving back to local footies day hell. You don't look tough. You're there to play footy. You look like a moron. Yeah, let's see. And those types of players existed. All clubs. There's guys the thing is, don't, unfortunately, don't know the line and and don't know how to play good, hard, fair football. And, and the, the unfortunate thing is, though, it's not even just um, your your games like this with Dane Swan. It's when you've got your ex-AFL players playing local footy for a club. You get those idiots that try and be like, oh, I'm going to rough him up. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, Mornington Peninsula Football Netball League. And I just want to make an apology because for however many years, it's always been the MPNFL. So it's always been Mornington Peninsula Nepean Football League. I forgot they actually had changed it to Mornington Peninsula Football Netball League. So in that first couple of episodes, we'll... Uh, it just rolls off the rolled off the tongue as from default. But uh Paddy Ryder chases elusive flag with Devin Meadows after surgery. So Simon McAvoy back on first of February I uh, wrote this article that the former AFL star gives an update after undergoing surgery while the twenty twenty four MP FNL season looks exciting for him and Devin Meadows. So at the back end of last season, uh, Paddy Ryder underwent knee surgery and relocated to Adelaide for family reasons, but he has uh, reconfirmed his commitment to Devon Meadows in 2024. The easy decision would have been just to step away and say, oh, I'm going to stay in Adelaide and I can't commit to the club anymore, he said. But I'm really close with a lot of guys there and the club supported me over the last couple of years really well personally off the field. So I don't really want to leave that place and I'm willing to put in a bit, of, a bit more effort for a bit longer just to see if we can achieve what we all want. Before I go on, if that doesn't speak volumes of the type of club Devin Meadows Football Network Club must be, then I don't know what does. Oh, and I think it speaks even better of Paddy Ryder's mm. character. Um, a bloke that yeah, he could have easily just walked away and said, no, nah, my knee's too bad. I'm not going to... Fam- family in Adelaide. Got family in Adelaide. I'm not really, you know, yeah, you, you know, I came to this club, you paid me, see you later. But 
the fact that he actually wants to go back there and try and have su- some success is uh, speaks volumes of his character. And like you said, it speaks volumes for the club as well. To they must have been, uh, you know, created that welcoming environment and and an environment that he wants to be a culture that he wants to be a part of. Still, one thing I always it's not like I look at, but when a football club is um, so is willing to host um, wakes. So you've got, unfortunately, people pass away. When footy clubs are willing to offer up to the family of their either past players, members, their football, their club rooms, free of charge for wakes, to me that says that they are a club. I had a good mate whose father passed away years ago now, and uh, yeah, the wake was back at Devon Meadows Footy Club. And I think stuff like that just speaks volumes of footy clubs and what the people mean to them and what they mean to the people. But anyway, going on. Uh, Ryder will be living in Melbourne for most of the season. I'm going to try and play every game, which is why it's really important at the moment to be fit and get the knee right. It's all on the right track. Ryder said the extent of his knee surgery was just a bit of a clean-out, uh, just a big clean-out, nothing structural. I'm actually pretty lucky to get through my whole crew with no problems. This was the first clean-out that I've had on the knee. Ryder nor Devon Meadows has won a senior flag. Paddy and the Panthers are driven by a premiership carrot this year. Ryder kicked 43 goals in 10 games in 2023 despite playing injured all season. That is a, uh, a fair chunk of goals in 10 matches. Yeah, not a bad return at all in, uh, when, when considering the knee issue he was having as well. So, so, yeah. so last year, so Ryder goes on to say, last year I went to span Devon, Meta, uh, Devon coach Ryan Hendy before the season start, even started because I knew my knee was a bit off. The legs just weren't ready to jump. Unfortunately, after I retired from the AFL, I took a long time away from the gym. I lost all the power from not keeping all the muscles and uh, ligaments activated. So, yeah, so it sounds like he was, you know, he was new straight away and didn't. Uh, I got similar issues, myself. Yeah, yeah, no, my, yeah, same. Here. My ankles just from retiring hasn't got back into it. Uh, former AFL Devon. Uh, Demon Saint Dean Kent will be another key player for Devon Meadows. The brilliant Nick Battle and Joel Hills will again power the Panthers along with Trent Cody, Jaden Sullivan, Ty Kirkwood, Patrick Harms, and Simmons. So well, that's a, I feel like that is a, a team that is really just gunning for a flag this season. Yeah, and there's, there's a name missing off here too. That um, big big Kirkwood. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, well, but... Scott Sunderland oh, returned home to Devon Meadows. Oh, it's reckoned he's going to play along Paddy Wright, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, mate, I reckon we'll... Uh, actually, before we wrap this one up... Um, let's check my battery. Before we wrap this one up, we'll uh, talk about one former AFL cult hero that's returned to the coaching fold, and Leon Davis takes over at Haywood for this, se- uh, this season, um, having... Return to the coaching fold, stepping up to help the club after unexpected change. So this article written by Shane Jones. Uh, former Collingwood Premiership player Leon Davis is prepared to help his country footy side in its time of need. Davis has been announced as the coach of Haywood for the season after Sammy Walsh-Bannon, who was meant to guide the team this year, stood down two months out from the start of the South West League season. Haywood confirmed the news in a statement saying that 225-game AFL player would resume the role he held in 2022 when he coached the Lions for the first time. Davis entering Davies entering his third year at the club and last year had his best season, kicking 61 goals to help the team out. 
Um, so I think that's really good of uh, Leon Davis, who obviously coached the one year, then stepped back, and the club. You know, obviously, you know, when you a coach is having to walk away two months from the season, there's not many applicants still floating around local footy, especially out that way. I think it's good that he's uh, put his hand up to take on that major responsibility of coaching the club. Yeah, for sure, and uh, he's a bloody exciting player in his prime. So um, to have a guy like that leading your club and you know taking on that responsibility again after somebody's had to unfortunately step away is uh, is great, and I'm sure he will. Uh, yeah, what did he kick? Sixty one goals. It's not bad for <laughs> a small forward, is it? Nah, not at all. So Haywood will. Uh, Kick their season off on April 14th against Cavendish. So that should be an exciting game. So I reckon we might wrap this one up, mate. Uh, this, As we used to be able to do on our other podcasts, we just get on a tangent and it just goes and goes and goes and goes. So, uh, But this Sunday, mate, we are down at Nations Footy Cup down at Diggers Rest uh, Recreation Reserve. Um, what are you looking forward to the day? I'm looking forward to seeing some of the new teams they've brought into the comp. So be interesting to see what players come along with that. Um, we sort of don't really have a list of any of the players and stuff that are involved, but we've seen some pretty talented players involved in the last few years, so it'll be good to see uh, who gets involved now that you know they've got a country to represent with Australia having a team uh, for the first time. Yeah, no, Australia had a team last year. Uh, last year, yeah. Australia had a team last year in the men's. They did? Yeah, I can... I can fully forgive you for last year because last year was a bit of a cluster on the day. And but I'm actually so the first so the first year we done the podcast. So as I said last episode, the first year on the podcast there didn't watch much footy. Second year we were running around doing interviews, didn't get to watch much footy. Last year because of what happened sort of in the week of and how we'll set up on the day, we didn't really get to enjoy it as much as we did the first two years. I'm actually looking forward to this year, Ben. The fact that we're live streaming and one of us being the camera, one of us running the stream. I'm actually looking forward to getting to watch this footy for what it is. It's quality, brilliant football. Yeah, it is. It, and it really is some high-quality footy. That's um, all I can say about it, really, is it's... When, when it first started, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know, you know, the level of talent that would be involved. And, um, you know, you, you, they're not playing for Sheep Station. They're playing for a little trophy. It's... Um, it could be easy. They treat it like they're playing for a for, uh, for a big one. And that's it. You could you, you could rock up to it thinking there's these guys are just going to take the piss and it's not going to be that hard. And <laughs> geez, yeah. I'll tell you what, you tell them they're not playing for nothing. Yeah, I've actually just I've actually just thought of what I'm looking forward to this year, and it's probably been it's and I guarantee you are going to 100 percent agree with me. It's been probably been the highlight of every year we've been when the team New Zealand get out there. And everyone gets around for the haka. Yeah, no, I love I love a good haka, and the boys do it well. It's uh, uh, it's always good. It gets my spine tingling. It gets me want to go out there and play. And um, I actually played against one of the boys from Team New Zealand um, in supers, and uh, I, I did not enjoy getting tackled <laughs> by him. That's for sure. Or trying to tackle him. But anyway, that's this Sunday at Diggers Rest uh, Recreation Reserve. I think uh, kicks off at nine. So. Get on down, you know, we'll be set up on one side of the oval. Just look for the uh, the, the car and the banner and come say good day. And, you know, what, if you actually come and uh, touch base with us at Nations Footy Cup and have a chat with one of us, just the one that's not on the camera, and uh, then follow up with me a couple of days after, we might look after you when it comes to a bit of a discount on a few things. Uh, so, you, but if you can't get down, you can tune in at 
at, on Facebook at Halfback Digital Media or at the, at, I think it's NFC or Nations Footy Cup on Facebook and we live stream there and join in, watch all the action and have a good weekend. Yep. And uh, next weekend, mate, so I'll see, next weekend we'll actually be able to talk about some uh, up-to-date topics and, geez, we're getting bloody close to the start of the season and I'm fucking ready. Yeah, and we'll uh, bring you all the results from Nations Footy Cup as well. Yep, beautiful. Uh, we'll see you next week.